0: That was Cage That Tiger by the Soul Dad Brothers. You're listening to 97.5 WOBN, The Wild Card. This is Retrospection Radio Hour, and after a bit of a brief break, about two weeks, we're finally back. We've changed our time from Thursdays at 6.30 to Mondays at 3 because, well, college has started, so I've got class at that time, and... 3 o'clock on Mondays, I had absolutely nothing going on, so now we got something going on. It's good old time. Oh, yeah. So, I'm your host, Noah. Joining me today is Nate. As usual. As usual. Uh, and I've been on vacation for 10 days. Where'd you go? I went to Connecticut and Massachusetts. Like,
1: all of it. <laughs> I've always wanted to see like the East Coast and like Vermont and stuff like that. Is it nice out there?
0: It's nice. I... Like Connecticut more than Massachusetts, the people in Massachusetts have a bit more work to do towards friendly personalities.
1: <laughs> yeah, we're, did you go to, like, Boston?
0: So, two years ago, I did a trip to Maine and Boston. I've always wanted to go to Maine. Maine is gorgeous, perfect. whenever you think of, like, New England coastal towns, Maine
1: Like lighthouses and stuff.
0: Lighthouses and like a lot of hills, but it's right on the coast. So you've got one road that leads straight to the beach and then the rest of the city or the town is right next to it. Maine, just perfect. Boston, uh, I'm glad my dad drove because Boston is one of those towns where if you are not assertive when you're driving, you're dead. (laughs) Like you're going to get hit if you hesitate at any point because everyone is just constantly going and moving around and the rest of Massachusetts is a lot like that too where everyone is just really hardened exactly everyone's in a hurry and there's no (laughs) stopping there's no slowing down you just there's a random road that'll be going straight and you'll be driving on that road and then you'll have a road turn into yours at some point and if if you are on the road turning in you got to be in there quick to get into the straight lane and just so many offshoots and Ohio is built in a way that's or at least Westerville is built in squares so it's very easy to get to different roads and different areas but most of New England those roads that happened or were created were created centuries ago with the original people who built those towns so those roads were just built on top of it and they curve and they go to places that don't exist anymore and it's just a whole lot of really not needed stuff
1: that's really fascinating that kind of reminds me of like hearing about like in in rome and stuff like they just have like these ancient roads and like if you look at like a i guess a plant like just a top down view of what the streets look like there's really no rhyme or reason to any of it and it just <laughs> looks like it was just built on top of something else it's just like I just find that kind of remarkable that they're just like, ah, you know, should we, like, plan a better, like, more efficient street system? Nah. No, Let's just use what we've got. <laughs> I like the resourcefulness of that.
0: Well, that's a lot of Europe, too, because it, it always boggles my mind when, for instance, on – what day is today? Monday? On Saturday, I went to the oldest brewery in existence in America, established in 1836, where was it? Uh, it was in the middle of nowhere, Pennsylvania. It was a very, very sad town full of hills right next to a mountain, and their biggest claim to fame is coal mining that happened 100 or so years ago, and now the industry's run out, and this uh, Yingling factory. This is where Yingling was created, and it's just a sad town like there was a really nice burger king but we drove past a family dollar and the family dollar was like everything's on sale and i'm like if you have everything on sale at a family dollar something's not no. going right here
1: <laughs> yeah for real i like how like other than the family dollar all you said is just like oh yeah there was a nice burger king <laughs> yeah well
0: there was a really nice burger king i don't know why it was just on a street corner somewhere it was a burger king it looked like it was you know the sign was really nice and new and the burger king itself didn't have a whole bunch of just dark spots on the brick walls it just looked good but everywhere else was it it looks like it was
1: it kind of like those like wendy's like in like new albany or something that looks like it's a bank
0: yeah they they all look like they were different buildings and i don't know if you ever saw the first wendy's when it was in columbus Was it the first one or third one? I don't know. Something. There was a Wendy's in Columbus, and it was just a very, very sad-looking Wendy's, and (laughs) there was just, you know, it it was made out of, I don't remember what it was made out of anymore. It might have been brick, but all of the brick or the wall itself just had black spots everywhere, and there's a whole bunch of grime underneath the windows, and it looks like even if you were to power wash it, it's gotten to the point where it's so old it won't even matter. Yeah yeah that's what this town was
1: oh that kind of reminds me of like i remember when i got my car i had to like this was during covid so like everything was really messed up so at the DMV, i go to the the bmv in delaware because it's usually like not crowded because it's in the middle of nowhere yeah and i went there and they're like no our titling office is like closed so you got to go to marion which is like nope 50 <laughs> minutes away from here 30 minutes away from delaware And I was like, "Well, I gotta get my title processed." So I drove there, and I got lost. And like the GPS was taking me to like an abandoned building. Like this, I'd been to Marion before to like to go to a concert. And I remember spending like at least two hours just looking around for a place to eat. (laughs) This place is a really like it's (laughs) it's kind of a it's not a scary place. It's not a dangerous place. It's just a very very. Like decrepit place it's like old but it's not like charming old it's just old and they haven't done anything with it
0: so charming old would be Mansfield
1: Yeah, not or, charming like, old. or like uptown Westerville or like yeah. Yellow Springs this was not that this was very much just like just derelict like there was hardly any people on the street and I remember like I was walking around trying to find this building and there was like this like kind of like generic like gimbals department store like christmas music playing on some street (laughs) corner and it was just echoing throughout all this like empty streets and just like across just empty storefronts and stuff and like then all of a sudden ave maria started playing and it was really creepy and i was looking around i was like am i gonna walk down the end of this block and it's gonna like restart like i'm in a twilight zone episode and i just was very happy to just get out of there i remember people in like the bmb like they're like Oh, did you hear a, a Mexican like buffet opened up in like Columbus? We gotta go there sometime. And I was like, man, <laughs> that's the highlight. <laughs> like, that's the highlight around Marion.
0: Wow, I can't believe that things are opening somewhere else instead of here. Awesome.
1: I know. It was just like I remember. I told my mom about it, and like I guess her friend was from there, and she was like, "Yep, that's Marion." And I was like, <laughs> "I know. I've been. Uh, that's my. I uh, like. I don't ever want to go back there."
0: There's a uh, a plane. Actually, I think. I think it's just a military history museum uh, between Marion and Mansfield and that's somewhere where I've gone quite a bit I've enjoyed it I've gone two or three times it's privately owned and it's the museum yeah was it cool it was amazing they had stuff out back so lots of planes and carrier planes and just things that you wouldn't see in a privately owned museum a lot of the times the public stuff that you know gets the government tax dollars is able to put out really uh amazing things to see in their museum but this yeah. one i mean it's small you you can spend an hour there and that'll be that'll be it you've seen everything but the information that's there and some of the things that have been stored there it's pretty neat to see other than that marion itself I mean my memories are basically driving past it to go anywhere else in Ohio <laughs> yeah
1: it, 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 it is very much a town you drive past like there, there's not really a whole lot of reason to go there unless you have to like I did but like although they do have a theater there and it's like a really old I forget what it's called it was probably like the Marion theater whatever but it was like a really nice like old I was probably like a movie house or something because it just had really ornate like designs across like the ceiling and stuff, and like it was really cool. (laughs) But anywhere outside of there, it's not, it's not really, not really a whole lot going on. Especially if the the GPS tried to take me to some abandoned like tiny building (laughs) beside a Papa John's, and I was like, if this is if this is the place, I'm gonna be very upset. (laughs) (laughs) I drove fifty minutes out here
0: just to see nothing.
1: It's like uh but I, I found that eventually I had to call them like three times like is it here? I was like, "Oh no, it's just like it's like where are you?" And I was like, "Um oh, by this courthouse." It's like it's down the street. And I was just walking around just like clearly not knowing where I'm going. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, Massachusetts and Connecticut didn't really have any towns like that. They had a lot of small towns that didn't have much to them, but none of them ever looked old and decrepit like Marion does. It's more of a uh it was more of a Pennsylvania thing but uh, we would stop by one day we went through the national shoreline so we were driving from Plymouth to I don't even remember we didn't get to our destination (laughs) (laughs) and the way Massachusetts is set up especially that area is just it's a small town and then you're on the road it's the main street and you're continuing through it and then you're all of a sudden in a new town. Like it you don't even notice the change between towns. They're so small and close together. And what was very interesting about them, those that weren't coastal towns always had one or two historical things to them that were really cool. There's one town we stopped in that had a it had a bookstore for rare and new books and you walk in and we talked to the guy who was there and he was a little bit awkward he didn't really enjoy talking with us he was kind of like get the books and get out but what he told us was that the bookstore itself in the 1910s and 1920s used to be a grocery store it used to be the town's grocery store and there was a guy that had stopped by like a month before us and told the guy i used to work at this grocery store when I was really, really young, because, you know, it's been a hundred (laughs) years and he was just going around pointing to all the different things like, oh, we used to have cans of beef over there. (laughs) It's like, mmm, yum. But it was just, it was really cool to see this old, old building that had this history to it. And every town had a building like that. There was a library that just it, it was very old. It used to be someone's I guess mansion if you want to call it that it's not really mansion by our standards but it's a much larger house than a lot of the houses you've seen and it got converted into a library and eventually became the town's public library
1: oh, that's really cool
0: yeah it's just a lot of the history is really cool we went to some random town in the middle of nowhere right on the coast in some bay somewhere and uh at the highest point is a tower like you drive up this hill and then there's this tower that someone had by themselves rebuilt and reconstructed because the tower itself originally built by the government had started to fall apart so they rebuilt it themselves and you climb up to the top of the tower and now you're the highest point in massachusetts
1: and all of massachusetts
0: oh, that's cool pretty neat just random, strange things like that that really stick out.
1: I kind of had the same thing when I was like in Chillicothe for audio engineering school like we we were just walking around downtown Chillicothe and we wandered into this store that was like, you know those like little dioramas that people do, with like little miniature like figures, and they're like historical events like World War Two or like the Civil War, yeah, it was one of those, and like the guy who owned the store was just telling us just all about like the different buildings. Like he pointed to some building across the way. It's like, this is where like the uh, soldiers used to like have a little restaurant or something. And like, they said like, oh, you know, the Majestic Theater, which was like the theater where we were doing like live stuff, live sound stuff. And he was like that place above it used to be a Masonic like lodge or something. And during the, I think it was the Spanish flu it was like basically a morgue and they used to just throw the bodies into the alley <laughs> and they, it was like oh yeah that alley that's like right to the right of the theater they called that blood alley because the blood would drain out into the street and I'm like well that's a <laughs> very comforting thought knowing that I'm going into this place to, to do live sound in a place where people saw vaudeville acts and movies and death. also dead bodies. <laughs> <laughs> lots, of, lots of death. But he was just like and he was really into it too and he was just telling us just like all about like this stuff. It's like, Oh yeah, they did this and blah, blah, blah. And this like he was really like informed about the area. Like he was really passionate about it.
0: Yeah, and that's really cool when you come to a town that has a lot of history, but more importantly, you meet that person who enjoys the history of the town. For instance, Westerville. I'm where we are Sometimes right now. I'm like
1: that too. Like there's plaques and stuff. Like I'll be with my friends and they're just hanging out playing like Pokemon Go and I'm just like walking around reading stuff and they're just like, why are you reading it? It's like, I don't know because I don't play Pokemon Go and I'm bored. <laughs> I want to read these signs.
0: <laughs> I think Pokemon Go died, what, three years ago, four? Oh,
1: all of my friends are playing it now. Like Ugh. all my best friends, they just played all the time. Just like, I, I got into it like when it was popular, like back when it first came out, but I just can't quite get into it anymore.
0: One of my memories of Pokemon Go, I had I had really just downloaded it because I don't tend to hop on crazes a lot of the time because I know they are fads and they die out, and I don't really want to get myself in that situation. <laughs> but my brother had convinced me to download it, so my brother, my mom, and I all decided to go walking at Sharon Woods, and we were out in the back walking out in the forest, and my brother just whips out his phone. and He's like, wow, I can't believe it. I just caught a the flame bird. I think it's like Ho-Oh or something like that. And he's yelling about that. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. I pull out my phone, zero reception. <laughs> <laughs> I was there like, well, the only reason I came on this walk wasn't to actually spend time with my family. It was to play Pokemon Go and I don't have any reception. What am I doing here?
1: I've I've had memories of that, too, just walking around late at night or just, like, running around, driving around, just, like, trying to catch Pokemon.
0: I love, love, love driving late, late at night, like, between 1 and 3 a.m.
1: I like that, too. I like going on, like, 71 and just going really fast and listening to music. It's really relaxing.
0: I I enjoy Westerville at night because... My there's previous show. Nobody outside. On. There's nobody outside. Nobody. The previous show I was on, The Midnight Oil, would go till 1 or 2 a.m. So then I'd have to drive home. And at the time, I was living with my parents about 15 minutes away. And I would just have to drive through Westerville at night. And there's just all these street lights, but everything else was empty and dark. And there was nobody around. And it felt so peaceful to know that this is a very busy town but just see nothing.
1: Yeah, it is kind of weird. It's like it's really busy, but, like, nothing's open late. And It's just, like, I just kind of, like, I just really want something to be open, like, really late, like, a anywhere that's not a bar. <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> we could stop by McDonald's for their 24-hour service, although I don't think the one close to Kroger and Meyer. I don't remember any of my streets.
1: Oh, uh, the one that's on... The one that's like right next to the mire? Yeah. Wow, that place has never been open 24 hours. It makes me upset. Yeah, I didn't think so. I don't really go to McDonald's very much anyway.
0: The only McDonald's I know that has open... There was one time I was doing Midnight Oil with Tim, and there's a McDonald's right that way. I, I will point, uh, seeing as everyone on the radio can see where I'm pointing. It was out that way, and... Yeah. I went there, nothing there. I had to cross a highway, because I was really just hankering for uh, some chicken nuggies. I crossed the highway, oh, I went to I this... know.
1: I know about those hankerings. You know, sometimes you just gotta have yeah. those chicken nugs.
0: Exactly, they're just yummy. <laughs> <laughs> yummy nuggie. <laughs> but basically, <laughs> I go across the highway, and I grab my McDonald's, and it's like 12 a.m. at this point, and i'm driving back and it's just empty and my car smells like mcdonald's and i'm like this is so i don't know if it's depressing just a 19 year old guy driving around in his car with mcdonald's at like 12 am or if it's kind of serene
1: i it is kind of serene honestly like just i just like driving around on the highway and just seeing like just the lines of street lights and stuff like i don't know it's just oddly comforting you know you just kind of get the list i just i have like a you know i just put on my playlist with all my chill music and i just kind of zoom on down the road zoom zoom except on 270 because there are cops everywhere but 71 nobody you can go a little faster on that won't say how fast but you can go a little faster (laughs) you'll get away with it i don't want to incriminate myself but you can go a little fast
0: the uh street lamps at night are really really great to take photos of to tie in retrospection radio season four the main cover art that is currently being designed is of a street lamp light shining down the moon above and someone standing in the shadow of the light so you just get to see these really harsh shadows and it's contrasted with really bright white lights from the moon and from uh, from the light itself.
1: Pretty cool picture. <laughs> that does sound pretty cool. Is it like a photograph or is it like a painting?
0: So it's based on a photograph, but I added some more stuff to it and now it's becoming a graphic design image. So someone, I have a friend, that childhood friend that we've known for quite a while or that we've known we've known each other for quite a while and I hire her to do things because she is also a college person but she's going to school for graphic design and artwork and all that stuff so I figured I give her some money help her out help her get some experience and then she can say yes well i professionally did this for somebody else look at my artwork isn't it amazing it should
1: hire me you always gotta have that resume material always
0: gonna have the resume material that's true so that was a nice 21 minute tangent of just life i like when that happens
1: life can get you fast you know
0: let me tell you life goes fast living life on the highway going down 71
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> So you said before we started that you'd watched a movie or two recently
1: I have one of which was it was called Control which is a movie about the lead singer of Joy Division named Ian Curtis and I kind of got into Joy Division like a little bit ago Sometimes I get into them when I'm feeling down cuz it's good it's just very moody very dark music and it's really cool but anyway it's just like it was directed by his name escapes me right now but he like took a he was like the band's like photographer he took a lot of pictures of them and he also directed I think one of their music videos for a song called Atmosphere and so it's kind of a unique movie because it's like Compose every shot just looks like a photograph. There's a lot of like negative space and stuff, and just like it's very beautifully shot, but it is a very depressing movie because it's about I don't know if you if anyone doesn't know about Ian Curtis. He was a very uh complex person <laughs> and like he was very kind of self contradictory and stuff, and he also had epilepsy, which Oof. severely affected his overall life uh, yeah I
0: can't imagine doing concerts or anything is a good thing to have with epilepsy
1: yeah and he was known for just like dancing just really kind of a unique dance style that some would could say is based on epileptic seizures and sometimes he would have seizures on stage and stuff Oof. and he committed suicide at the age of 23 I believe and wow it's pretty much just about just all that and also Joy Division too. How
0: long was the band around?
1: Um, They started, it's kind of funny because they started like, so they were in Manchester, which is a very like industrial, like it was like one of the places where like the industrial revolution happened. And it's just a very like, and England in the seven, in the late 70s was just a very rough place. Like, you know, it was just not a lot. It wasn't.
0: That's why all their bands came over here.
1: Yeah, (laughs) it was just a very depressing place. And, you know, like, they hadn't gotten in the World Cup and, like, all this stuff. And, like, the whole kind of 60s, like, optimism was just completely just dead. And so Manchester especially was a very kind of busy, depressing place. And one day the Sex Pistols came into town who were one of the first really famous punk bands. Not the first punk band, but one of the ones who really kind of, like... They happen. they kicked
0: it off yeah
1: pretty much they kind of kicked off the whole movement so they all see him and i think some of the people from the smiths and like you know like morrissey and stuff like they saw them too but joy division was there and they were like hey we're gonna start a band and at first they're like a punk band and i think they started out as like warsaw but then they they went to record their first album which is like a post-punk like masterpiece called unknown pleasures And they had this really crazy, like, producer named Martin Hannett, who just, like, was like, okay, first, we're gonna take apart the whole drum set and record every piece of the drum set individually. (laughs) And we're gonna use a spray can for a snare on one song, like, a a can of tape head cleaner, or something like that. And, like, and, like, just really weird stuff, and you just, like, tell the... He was just a mad genius, and he'd tell people, it's like, oh, I want you to play this again, but slow, but fast. (laughs) <laughs> I want you to
0: go as contradictory like, as possible. It's Like
1: more yellow or something like that. And he was just just a, a nut, but <laughs> And he, uh, and they became really successful. They wanted to be like really loud, aggressive punk rockers, but instead they made this like really monolithic sounding kind of just soundscapes, of just kind of just like really eerie stuff. It's really cool. And when you're feeling kind of, like, down and whatever, it's, like, it's 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 really good for those times, you know? And then it th- pretty much just talks about, like, his relationship with his wife and, like, affairs he had and stuff like that. And
0: what was the band name again? Joy Division. Joy Division.
1: Which is... I think it was... Uh, I think they got the name from, like, something in World War Two, like... I believe it was the concentration camps. They had this like place where they would take the women, the most I guess desirable, and it was pretty much a
0: brothel
1: Oof. for German soldiers. Uh, yeah, that's not good. So they were kind of like they wanted to be, you know, edgy and use a lot of Nazi imagery when they first started. Like I think their first EP is like a Hitler youth, like banging on a drum or uh, something like one that. One of those bands. Yeah, they were like that at first, but then like. I mean, the album cover is, like, pretty ubiquitous. I think it's, like, a pattern for, like, I think, like, the readout for the first Pulsar ever discovered or something. And it's just, like, a bunch of, like, you know, like, wavy, like, radio frequency lines and stuff. And it's very famous for being a (laughs) (laughs) T-shirt. At least nowadays. They never came out with one around the time. Like, I think when they first saw the album cover, it's like, that'd be a good T-shirt. But then, like, their manager was like, no, that's not punk merchandise is bad
0: uh, yes looks at the punk rockers of today selling you know millions of t-shirts at <laughs> I, I $50 thi- <laughs> a pop to 15 uh, year old girls
1: but yeah pretty much <laughs> just <laughs> pretty much it's just about that and then like it's a very it is a very unique movie being that there's not a lot of movies out nowadays that are like completely in black and white and stuff like that and uh, it even kind of briefly touches upon like after Ian Curtis died the band pretty much dissolved but they came back together and they became New Order who are famous for songs like Blue Monday and stuff like that but it doesn't really like get into detail it's mainly about Ian Curtis but it's a pretty unique like like comparing it to another music biopic uh Bohemian Rhapsody like Bohemian Rhapsody is like kind of you know I hate I don't I don't want to crush anyone's dreams out there but it's kind <laughs> of like if anyone's ever seen the Dewey like Walk Hard the Dewey Cox story yeah. <laughs> it's there's a lot of uh you know little uh clichés in there where it's you know it's like a big happy ending it's like oh yeah you know Freddie Mercury I'm so cool look at me play <laughs> look I'm 21 years old and I'm playing uh, Bohemian Rhapsody like 5 years before it ever happened and stuff like that but whereas like you kind of get a little bit of that with uh, joy Division, like with control yeah. well,
0: people don't want to watch
1: but like it's, uh, it's not triumphant like it's a very it is a very kind of depressing movie but it is very beautifully shot which makes up for it, like I don't really like some people it probably makes some people cry I don't really cry during movies not all the time sometimes, <laughs> but not this one
0: pop quiz, the only movie you cried on
1: Oh. There's a couple movies I've cried on. I remember the earliest I can remember was like some movie called Life as a House. I oh. don't know what it was. It was just on, yeah, it, yeah. it was just on the TV and I wandered into the living room and it was like halfway through the movie and I watched it and then like the end happened and I was really, it made me cry. But I don't really remember all of what happened. All I remembered was this guy was building a house and then at the end of the movie he dies. I don't know if they finished oh. The House or not. <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> What's more important, the death or the house? I don't remember. I, I honestly can't remember. I don't even remember if the movie was good or not. I just remember the ending made me cry. Also,
0: 2001, Life is a House.
1: Also, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 2 kind of made me cry, but for one reason only, <laughs> because they played Father and Son by Cat Stevens, and that song makes me cry, and that's not fair.
0: Ah, uh, yeah. See, that's... Uh, laugh at this one cat in the cradle or cats in the cradle that one that one gets me every time i listen to it and i'm not entirely sure why i think i just like the story that's told where it's about you know father and son and the father is really proud of the son and the son wants to be like the father and then he grows up to be like the father but that means that the father can't be in his life and it's just it's very touching to me listening to it but in general people are like oh cats in the cradle cats in the cradle with the silver spoon and you're like hmm you know maybe the lyrics don't sound as uh enticing as it does to me but that's one of those marley and me got me
1: yeah that made me cry a little bit i'm not gonna lie you know i i that, that that got it's me a little sad bit. Movie. Well, it's it's so done. I remember so when well it done. came. I saw it like around when it came out, and I saw it with like my mama and pop pop and my brother. And I remember kind of like crying at the end. Not like as much as other people, but I did <laughs> tear up a little bit. Ah uh, yes, must keep masculinity.
0: I did not cry as much as others, but I certainly did cry.
1: <laughs> but man, at the end of Guardians too, like once I heard those open, like I. I heard the opening chords of like Father and Son by Cat Stevens, and I was like, you can't do this to me. Was what like, point was that? Was it that? was when Yondu died, and they were gonna oh. do They did like the whole crazy space funeral thing. Yeah. But like, I remember when I first heard it, I was like with my dad, and like, like he played the song, and just it was like a really touching song, and it made me like, kind of teary-eyed and then I heard it again I was like you can't I yeah, like, well I was like you cannot do that I was like that's not fair <laughs> <laughs> it
0: brings back it brings back memories I uh I didn't cry during that movie but I definitely was very sad Kurt if they Russell played a, died
1: if they played a different song I probably wouldn't have cried but yeah, they yeah it that was song. just
0: that that song has memories it was attached that song to in, it. The,
1: context, in like the context and like the context I was like I was like, come
0: on, man. Come on, man. You're doing what you're supposed to do. Make me feel emotion. Stop that.
1: (laughs) Movies don't really make me cry so much as like some songs make me cry. Not all the time. Every time I listen to them. Although I remember like there was one song. It's called These Days by Nico. She was like the lead singer of the Velvet Underground for like their first album. It's the one that has like the banana on the cover.
0: Yeah, I have no idea who that
1: is oh well <laughs> the velvet underground is like this band from the 60s and they did like really crazy kind of experimental kind of rock music and they also combine elements of like 50s pop and stuff it's really like kind interesting of unique but the uh lead singer i guess of that first album was this i think she was german but she was like a model and her name was nico and she had a solo album which was written by a bunch of other people, but she eventually got to like write her own stuff. But on her first album, there's this song called These Days. It's just a very like skeletal, just kind of guitar. And like, you know, a lot of arpeggios, she's just like, like I don't know what it was, but I remember one time I was like riding in the car and I was listening. And I just started crying and I was like, "What is going on?" <laughs>
0: it's hard. See, for me, it's uh. Like
1: I just didn't know why. I was like, it, I don't know. It's just like a really touching song. Just got like strings and it's just very kind of stripped back. But it's just like very
0: yeah. It's just bare bones. The sometimes the less that's in there, the more it makes you feel. That that's why true. piano pieces can be really amazing, even if it's just the piano. So, for me, I don't remember if I ever cried to this. If I did, it would have had to have been as a kid. Toy Story 2 with Jesse. There's a song that plays. When somebody loved me, everything was beautiful.
1: (laughs) You're unlocking stuff that I just long forgot. I can't remember the last time I watched Toy Story 2.
0: Well, see, that was my favorite one out of the Toy Stories. I've watched all of them, and just the second one is the one that always strikes me. I like Jesse's story a lot. Is that the one with Stinky Pete? (laughs) 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 Yes. Al's Toy Barn.
1: Yeah, Al. (laughs) I remember him.
0: Uh, Yes, and the whole Zerg thing. I, I liked the Star Wars imagery and illusions as a kid. I liked that a
1: lot. I always had a weird relationship with Star Wars. I remember when I was little, like I think I probably liked it and then there was one point where I was like, Star Wars is stupid. <laughs> it's, ever, it's dumb. And then like now I'm just kind of like, Star Wars is pretty cool.
0: Yeah, I was I was the same way as a kid. I Same thing with Batman and superheroes. Pretty much it was, wow, I like Star Wars. I like Batman and superheroes. And then, I don't know, Second or third grade hit, and I was like, I'm gonna be edgy. I don't like superheroes. I don't like Batman. I don't like Star Wars. I don't like anything. And then I hit middle school again and was like, Yeah, I like this stuff, and started buying comic books.
1: Yeah, I always <laughs> kind of go through phases. Like, I kind of had that, like, even recently with like the Beatles. Like, I didn't, it's not that I didn't like the Beatles for a while. I love the Beatles. And anyone, and honestly, this might be a controversial opinion. Any person that says the Beatles like suck. They're just saying that to sound cool and stand apart. <laughs> I don't care what people say. But anyway, I kinda went through a phase where I wasn't really listening to the Beatles because I was just like, ah oh man, that's just like that stuff where people are just like, Oh, I'm different. I listen to the Beatles. <laughs> but then like I listened to them like recently, I think I listened to like Sgt. Pepper or, like Magical Mystery Tour, and I was like, you know what? It's like the Beatles are cool. You know, what? I'm not f fr- I'm I'm not ashamed of it.
0: <laughs> I was never a huge fan of them or Queen. Which are very controversial opinions to say.
1: I, I liked Queen, but the stuff like I liked you know Bohemian Rhapsody and stuff because I, I watched Wayne's World a lot when I was little, yeah, and I really liked Bohemian Rhapsody, but then like, recently as I got older, I listened to like their other stuff like deeper cuts, and I was like these songs are cooler than bohemian rhapsody in my opinion (laughs) like good old-fashioned lover boy or like lazing on a sunday afternoon i'm like these songs i like more than bohemian rhapsody
0: i mean i I gotta say really the only stuff i've listened to from queen is the bohemian rhapsody stuff so i
1: i can't blame you for that
0: yeah well it, it was only ever on the radio and Whenever I hear it on the radio, I'm like, oh, okay, well, I heard the song five minutes ago on a different station, and I don't want to listen to it again for the 30th time. We listened to it a lot as a kid. Anything Queen well, yeah, was always on in the car.
1: I used to listen to it a lot, too, when I was little. I was like, yes, yeah, the Wayne's World song, but then I remember when I was little, I was like, what's this beginning part? I want to get to the part where they rock out.
0: <laughs> yeah, and actually have rock and roll.
1: <laughs> but like, I, I do like Bohemian Rhapsody. It's a great song, even though it's played non-stop but I'll tell you like recently even though it's played all the time as well I really like Stairway to Heaven and I've gotten <laughs> really love that song like especially like the beginning and the part where like the 12-string guitar comes in he's like "Ooh, makes me wonder and think like,
0: yeah it's just, I I it's love like the that, very beginning of that song that a lot the rest st- of it's kind of yeah
1: the whole song is like a hero's journey. It has like an exposition and like a rising action and a climax and then it resolves at the end. I'm like, this is a really good song. And it kind of makes some parts of it kind of like make me a little bit like sad. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> I don't know, it's just like some parts would just really touch me and I'm just like, I'm like, what are you, well, you're, you're bringing out strong emotions out of me and I'm just sitting here at work <laughs> listening to this on the radio.
0: <laughs> that's the uh, That's the one thing I think music can do better than almost anything else because you have three minutes and you can tell an emotional story with a book you can do the same thing except Even it's a like lot a... of pages and a lot of time but just three minutes you could take someone from man I'm having a great day to why do we live like, oh, why should I, I keep going what am I
1: doing here <laughs>
0: <laughs> why is there music what is music I'm so sad <laughs>
1: <laughs> I remember I had that like I especially remember 2016, which a lot of people nowadays talk about how great it was. I remember 2016 being really bad because everybody died. <laughs> everybody <laughs> what died. What year for death. And nobody remembered, like, I think, like, like you know, like Prince and David Bowie, and I, I don't even know who else. Like, like, so many people. I'm just like, what? I'm like, it's like, and literally all people were talking about through 2016 was how much 2016 sucked. But... I'm gonna r- search up
0: 2016 people who died in 2016.
1: I think even Fidel Castro died in 2016. I'm and not he was either
0: 2016 or 2015. Yeah.
1: I'm not saying that's a tragedy, but even like Lemmy from Motorhead, he died in like 2015. It was like so. I guess it's just I think even BB King died. I don't even know. Like so many people, and I was just like, what is going on? But in any case, like when David Bowie died, I remember when I found out about it, I was like. I, w- I didn't listen to a lot of David Bowie. I remember him from Labyrinth though. <laughs> <laughs> and like I knew yes. like I knew like some songs like I think like Space Oddity or something like that. I don't remember. I knew Let's Dance though. And like and I really got into him like right after he died. I was like I'm going to listen to more of this stuff cuz like I was not entirely familiar and like i just i don't know why i just it hurt i was crying a lot i would listen to like Starman. i would just break down i couldn't listen to it in like anywhere in public cause then i cry. but then oh man then on april i remember on april 21st of 2016 i was sitting in school just sitting in the hallway you know just working on some art or something and then i get a text from my dad saying Prince died, and I was like, No, and then I was like, At first, I was like, What are you talking about? I, I, mine was a little, had a little bit more expletive than that, but I was like, What are you talking about? I was like, At first, I thought he'd talk about like the prince of like some country, and I was like, Yeah, it's like, Prince who, Philip? I was like, I was like, Who? It's like, What are you talking about? And then, like, I went on like my phone on Google and I was like, I found out and I was like no I remember <laughs> I, stood up, I was works. like I was like no and I was just like walking around was just oh man when I came home my dad was just like crying and I was like I like I already knew he was gonna be tore up and also my and like he and then he sends me a text like a few minutes after the first one he's like and you know so-and-so died too, like a, a member of a family member, and I was like, Come. I was like, y- y- you're gonna do this while I'm at school? You could have waited till I got home. <laughs> Everyone's
0: dead. Everything you know in your life is changing. How do you feel? <laughs> Nothing will be the same again.
1: For so, real. It's just like, and I remember like, oh man, I remember like right after I went like to theater and it like started kind of raining a little bit, and I was listening to It's like, of course, I, I put on purple rain in my in my headphones because
0: like, rain.
1: I just had to. And then I was like sitting in the, in the dressing room, like kind of like getting ready, like getting into my work clothes and stuff. And I was just like sitting in the corner and like, just like trying to like, just silently crying to myself. And then like, I think somebody came in and they were like, like one of the actors came in and was like changing into their costume. I was like, Oh, (laughs) I got to cry quieter.
0: So you got, uh, David Bowie who died at 69 in 2016, Alan Rickman, who died at 69 in 2016. Uh, Dan Haggerty. Glenn Faye, who... Yeah,
1: Glenn Fry from the Eagles. I remember that, too.
0: Yeah, he was was Eagles. He helped write Hotel California, Life in the Fast Lane. He died in January. Uh, There's a guy from The Godfather. His name was Abe Vigoda.
1: Oh, Abe Vigoda. I forgot that Abe Vigoda died. Oh, my. You're just bringing back all these (laughs) painful memories.
0: Uh, Joe, uh, I'm not going to be able to do this, Joe Alasky, Alasky, who was the voice of Bugs Bunny, Daffy Duck, and other Looney Tunes characters.
1: I honestly didn't hear about that one.
0: Yeah, he died in 2016. I don't know who the rest of these people are. BMX biker legend. Yes, the rest of these people I don't really know who they are. They they've had some achievements to them, but uh,
1: I remember I saw this joke when like Fidel Castro. It's like Fidel Castro survived like two hundred and sixty or over two hundred assassination attempts, and even he couldn't survive twenty sixteen. And I was <laughs> like,
0: just wait till twenty twenty for real, and see what happens if Fidel Castro can survive twenty twenty.
1: But all things considered, I, I, like although twenty sixteen was a very rough year for me and a lot of bad things happen in my personal life that you know that. was that sophomore year of high school
0: no me gusta yeah very <laughs> didn't like that one
1: bad breakup blah 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 yada 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 bunch of people hated me for you know well because it was I didn't do anything really wrong but <laughs> i didn't do anything wrong i didn't do it there was misinformation happening and i had to
0: you were in high school in a theater department i had the i eventually same
1: thing. redeemed myself because like i i first i was like i'm not gonna say anything but then people were like what is going on people are telling me that someone so and so told me that this happened and i was like it didn't happen this happened and then they were like oh well that makes a lot more sense. <laughs> <Okay>.
0: <laughs> that that falls in line with my thoughts of you. Yeah, I wasn't there for... Well, I was there for that because theater. But I was on the actor portion, and I was slowly phasing my way out of tech. Because I had done it, what, eighth... I had done it in middle school, but I had done high school tech in eighth grade and ninth grade and that summer, and then for Crucible. But then after that, I started going... Nah, and stopped and started doing acting and costume shop because I think that was the last. Yeah, that was the last year we had Jamie. Oh man! Lend me a tenor set. I still love same thing with fools. I I miss both of those sets.
1: I do I do remember the fool set. Because it was like we're gonna build a, a two floor house, and I was like, all, all right, <laughs> on stage. <laughs> no, I was like, okay, let's do it. <laughs> it was so.
0: To explain to the audience a little bit, uh, Jamie was one of those people, I don't even know how old she was, 30s or something. To but
1: me, she was a mother figure for me.
0: Yeah. Well, from what I noticed in tech, she really was that mother figure because a lot of people in tech were a little bit different than the actors. I don't know how to say that without uh, sounding kind of mean. A, uh, a lot of the techies-
1: okay. I was a very different person. Yeah, well,
0: it it seemed like a lot of the techies didn't really have great homes. And so
1: she provided a
0: home and taught people some basic skills. Acting, it wasn't that way at all. Uh, Because we had three directors in the course of a year. And, yeah, because that was... I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. So acting, it never felt that way. And all the drama was in the acting portion like there was some stuff in tech that tended to spill over but the actors it was by senior year I was just actually final show junior year I was just sitting in the back by myself playing on my laptop because I didn't want to talk to anyone anymore because it just got into that but I got uh,
1: to that point too I just started to like just really not like the directors and I would just like just have a lot of (laughs) personal animosity toward them I wouldn't like directly just be you know I would be cordial with them but like as soon as they left the room i would (laughs) that's done (laughs) there would be a lot of things i would say so
0: the cool thing with fools fools was a play by neil simon something simon i think it's neil simon
1: i think that's it that Uh, sounds right
0: and it's basically what happens is this town has been cursed with stupidity and
1: (laughs) 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 ah <laughs> yes about. modern day america every yeah i remember it's like what's it about it's like everyone in this town is stupid it's <laughs> like all right i like it already so basically what happens is uh there's this
0: girl that needs to learn so these teachers hire this man from like russia or something to come in and teach her and they end up falling in love and getting married and it, they break the curse by falling in love and by uh, being able to teach someone because the curse was like, you guys will always be stupid unless one of you can learn something and that will break the curse. And she learned something and it I breaks for, the curse. I almost
1: forgot about all that. All I remember was that everyone was dumb and there was like. Yeah, a well, house.
0: I played the character that was stupid during the curse and afterwards. <laughs> that was a fun role to play. I don't know what happened. I don't know what the main, main plot was or any scene whatsoever. I don't
1: think I did any. There was like no set moving so like a lot of the time i hung out in the dressing room
0: yeah so what happened with that one this was really cool uh jamie and a lot of the tech people stayed late one night and painted the entire floor black which normally happens anyways we did that before every show but then her and i believe it was elizabeth and a few other people stayed and painted individual stone bricks to make a stone brick pathway from stage right to stage left and you it went from uh Oh no, I'm forgetting my stage directions. It went from front of house to Or sorry. I
1: almost forgot about downstage
0: that. to upstage. And it was this really intricate, amazing painted walkway. And when we came into practice the next day it was like what? <laughs> who did this? And the walkway led up to the two story house. And the way that this was designed was the house I remember
1: doing a lot of the trim in the house
0: yes the house itself was connected to like a city street so the pathway goes through the city street to the house and the city street had small vendors and stuff it was just a wall that or a very long wall that had some doors in it that people could enter through and that's where my character was most of the time but this house had a living room facing the audience with furniture set up and you could see the walls behind them and just all of these things and the audience was able to view that living room and then there was a door that opened and led up the stairs into the second story and then, and there then was you a have a balcony on
1: the I was about to say, it's got like
0: a Romeo and Juliet balcony that's happened, which also has a staircase off the, or a staircase, a ladder off the side
1: of it. We used to have a, we were going to put like a slide that like, because someone donated, (laughs) like people used to come in and donate wood, and someone donated their old play set, like from their backyard. I remember that. So we had a slide, and they were like, we're going to put this slide on the back, and like we tried it, and I was like. I was probably one of the only people that could fit on it because I was just so little. <laughs> There's like this. It's, well, like I, it's like, we'll still have it here just in case, but we're not going to use this.
0: <laughs> so we did Little Mermaid that year, and I, was, I can't remember. Did you guys use the slide in that set design?
1: I don't remember. All I remember from that show was I was the guy who did the bubbles in the Ariel's <laughs> Grotto. Bye-bye. I was the bubble boy. That was a very important role for me <laughs> people really liked it. because <laughs> I remember the first time we did it they're like it's like okay stand in here and point this bubble gun out of the out of the <laughs> hole in the in the in the ceiling of this thing and I was doing it and they just saw my hand and just this gun <laughs> and they're just like okay we're gonna put a fan in here
0: <laughs> that set wasn't as impressive because it had so many moving set pieces but it was still pretty cool so for lend me a tenor <laughs> Jamie built a two-roomed hotel. Oh, my gosh. That was... That had working electricity in it. Because That was
1: fun for the reason that I actually got to watch the show, because, like, there was no tech crew. So, like, all of us tech people had to be the uh, ushers. Ah. And we got to... And I liked it because I got to dress up as a bellhop.
0: <laughs> so, I... ...was offered a role in that show and turned it down and was assistant director with the director. And basically what happens is, to describe the set a little bit more for me to be able to tell my story... ...the uh, stage right portion, which is the audience left portion of it, was this really large dining room and kitchen full of chairs there's a sofa there that you could have sat on and then you could walk off to the kitchen and there were doors exiting in and out and it just had so much to it there were paintings there was it was a very impressive set for a high school play and then there was a door that's basically the audience the way you're looking in is you see the rooms basically sliced in half so you could see the left and right portion of the rooms by itself and Uh, there was a door from that kitchen dining room area that led into the bedroom, and it was Lend Me a Tenor, which is a relatively controversial show, and uh, it led into a bedroom, which Lend Me a Tenor, (laughs) with it being as controversial as it is, we added more controversy by putting a bunch of minors in the show, and, you know, basically what happens is people accidentally end up with the people that they weren't trying to end up with in love interests, and you don't see it on stage because it fades to black. But like you know, sixteen it and is, seventeen year olds it's heavily
1: implied, it heavily implied, that there which are, uh, that there are relations happening.
0: So controversial, but that's what the bedroom was used for, um, naturally. And at one point, we had this guy, and the best way to describe him is wacky, waveable, inflatable arm man. He is the type of guy. He was about I don't know, six foot six or seven. I
1: don't know, he was tall. He
0: was he was ridiculously tall. He's pretty skinny. Like he was already really
1: short compared to a lot of other people, but he made me feel (laughs) even more short.
0: And, and he was very I think it was ADHD. I never asked him about it, but he was very flaily. So his arms and legs just went everywhere, but he had like the grip of a god. At one point, he just put his arm around me, and I just about died from being choked because he was just so strong. But he, he moved his arms around a lot, especially when walking or acting or doing anything, and he was playing a silly character who did that anyway, so it, it fit him very well. <laughs> and he flung his arms around, and as I said earlier, there was working electricity, this guy goes into the bedroom, they do their scene, and as he's leaving, he just flings his arms and it smacks a lamp and it knocks the lamp over onto a bunch of wood. And And then he
1: picked up the lamp and like took it out the door or something. <laughs> picked but up- it was like connected to like it was Jamie's like grandma's like, you know, like really nice like these hanging lights that had like chains and they were in the bathroom part. <clears throat> they were in the bathroom part of the set and they were connected though so he's pulling the lamp out and like people are running over it's like no don't because it's pulling the like the bathroom light like it's like pulling it out it's about to like rip it out of the wall and he's just like, run it's like stop 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 put the lamp back yeah I was sitting in the audience and I felt so helpless because I was backstage because like after that I didn't really care to watch the show but after I heard about that I was like I'm gonna watch the other ones now (laughs) I was like you've 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 sold me it
0: wasn't quite as interesting but as I was watching it with or like for the rest of the shows but as I was watching that part with the director I shot up out of my chair and just watched him as he (laughs) yanks the he yanks the lamp out the best part was when he was on stage he seemed very confused as to why the lamp wasn't like moving with him, why there was a little bit of force pulling back. So he kept kind of yanking it and saying his lines and continuing because he was just one of those guys. And he's pulling it out and going with it, and then he walks off stage. He walks through the yeah you know, he walks through the door off stage with the lamp in his hands because he had knocked it over and didn't know what else to do with it. And everyone was just like, what? <laughs> did that just happen what do we even do about that we can't stop the show and be like sorry this guy's trying to start a fire or something it's just all right he took a lamp <laughs> I the walkie-talkie a l- yelling he's got the lamp he has got the lamp put it down
1: i remember a lot of things going wrong just like in general like i remember <laughs> during fools it was opening night and i had to be the one to open the curtain didn't want to, but I was just hanging around, not doing anything. And they're like, "Okay, Nate, you're gonna <laughs> do something. You're gonna open the curtain, all right? Simple enough." So I go to open the curtain. Famous
0: last words.
1: I go to open the curtain. It's time to open the curtain. I'm pulling on the rope. Nothing's happening. I'm just <laughs> pulling and pulling. And this other guy comes like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "I don't know. I'm pulling the rope. It's not opening." He comes over and like, we both start yanking it, and then the rope falls <laughs> oh. the rope breaks and then like it just falls down on top of us and I look up and I'm like what did I do <laughs> and then they're like and someone comes and it's like what What are you doing why the that's like it's it, the, the the curtain that the rope is broken <laughs> <And> then, <laughs> so, they had, so someone had to run out on I think Jamie ran out on stage and just pulled the curtain open and just like <laughs> I think like zip tied it together like so it wouldn't fall back out and I was just like I was like they're like, that's not your fault. I was like, I, I broke it. <laughs> I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean it's not my fault? Well, but in retrospect, I was, I was pulling on the wrong rope. I was pulling on the closing rope. But I think the thing was already gonna break anyway. But oh yeah. I just I, I helped it. <laughs> so the,
0: <laughs> the thing with that theater department was
1: it's not one of my proudest moments. Yeah, there
0: there wasn't a lot of new stuff there. We had the spotlights that you and I used in middle school those had been around since 2003 and no bueno
1: they worked the gels weren't good but they worked I liked I kind of liked them
0: so they slowly over the years got more and more dim but so what happened was junior senior year a church came in and upgraded all the lights and the system which means that spotlights were useless at this point Uh, but I don't know I just miss being a spotlight operator a little bit I did I
1: did miss that I I did that at first and then I was like I want to be backstage in the darkness (laughs) and I remember like during Crucible they're like "Uh, we need someone for like the Marshall or something it's like do you want to do it and I just remember just like no No. absolutely not (laughs) and I'm glad I didn't because that show was really boring
0: Yes, I was talking with my brother on vacation, and, <laughs> and that was one of the things he said. It was, you know, I had to wait two hours before you came on stage. I will say, I don't even remember what happened in Act One because I was asleep the whole time. I'm like, what? Well, I, I just. That's could. okay.
1: <laughs> I remember just being very depressed and just very, just like miserable. Very that, high school. <laughs> during that whole show, I was just like, this is awful. I was like this. I was like, I mean, I mean, everyone's well, doing good, you know, but I was just like this like I got nothing to do and at one point I left like I I wanted to just I just left to go get a drink from the vending machine and I came back and they're like, "Where did you go? Why did you leave? You're not supposed to leave." And I was like, there's not a scene change for 45 minutes. Am I going <laughs> to sit here and it's like, "Well, we need you in case something happens." And I was like, "Okay." I'll sit here, but I'm going to have my headphones in, and you're not going to stop me. I'm going to (laughs) listen to music. And I remember listening to a lot of Jimi Hendrix and stuff.
0: (laughs) That show, the first scene change.
1: I was so defiant.
0: (laughs) The first scene change that happened was when I got on stage in Act 2 at the end of the show for the court scene, because everything else was... uh,
1: It was a very... Dialogue-heavy show. A very dialogue-heavy.
0: It's the Salem Witch Trials, the Crucible is what that is, uh, based on the book. The play is, I would say, equally as boring as the book. There's uh, not much that happens there. I never had to read it in high school, but a lot of other people had to.
1: I never did. I never knew about it. I was like, "What's the Crucible?" It's like it's about the Salem Witch Trials. I was like that sounds pretty cool. And then <laughs> that sounds fun. It's not. <laughs> some of the set was cool. I liked. <laughs> One of my favorite parts of building the set was I was tasked with covering things with old wood. Like th- <laughs> it was like a bed, and there was like a fire holder thing, like a firewood holder thing. Like and a there- scots? Yes, yeah, something like that. But it was like made out of wood. And interesting. They were like, "Here's what you're gonna do. You're gonna you're gonna cover. You're gonna take this bed. You have all this old wood. You're gonna cover it in wood. You're gonna cut it up and cover it up." And I'm like. I can do, I can manage this, and I remember that being a lot of fun. And I was like, I had to build the firewood holder or whatever, and like I had to cover that with wood too. And I remember being very like particular. It's like, well, this this wood will go here, and I'm like, I'm gonna use this and that. I'm gonna <laughs> cut it. I was like, I was very. I remember I was measuring stuff. I was like, I was just really good with like cutting little things like trim and stuff. Like I was just the guy for that. Like I remember during the one of the homecoming themes was it was framing the moment <laughs> yeah uh and there was just picture <laughs> frames everywhere and I we're just, like what is the point i of made this? fun of i remember we just made fun of that the whole time and we just had the they're like okay they're like hey they came to us and like we need you to build a bunch of picture frames and i was like <laughs> okay a lot of 45 degree angles why, why not and then at one point i was like i'm gonna go really crazy i'm gonna make an octagonal frame. Whoa. Which octagons with mitering is very hard to do. Yes. But I got really good at it really quick. And I don't know why. Because I remember <laughs> I had to do the, I had to cut trim for like a library circulation desk for like the music man. And like, I think like within like a week of like, it's like, they were just like, you're going to miter. I was like, you're <laughs> going to learn how to miter. And I got really good at it. And they would call me like the mitering master. It's like, this is Nathan. He's the mitering master. And I was like, Yeah, you bet I am.
0: <laughs> the only thing I accomplished in Music Man, I shot there was a uh, there was the nail gun. Oh where the you, Brad nailer. Yeah, where you, you put the gun up against the thing and then you press. Oh,
1: that was that was another thing I got good at too. That was one of my weapons of choice.
0: <laughs> I uh I shot it through my finger.
1: <laughs> I I think I remember that. Yeah,
0: and then we all went off to dinner at the Italian restaurant down the street.
1: Gio
0: Yeah. Uh, I
1: forgot about that. I,
0: I was just, I was working with it, and I, I'm a pretty careful dude, but I had to get a little bit closer than I needed to, to hold a piece up to create, I think they were doing the float, and uh, every year Westville has I, a... I,
1: I, was it the front porch? I don't know. I can't remember.
0: I, I... I was in the shop, I remember that, and I had already shot it a couple times and put things together, and then I just shot it through my finger and was like ow this hurts. And Jamie's like, Oh you'll be fine, just we'll go get some dinner after this, text over anyways, and I was like I just shot my finger. It was so to describe it, it didn't go through my finger as in through the flesh and then out the nail at the other end. It just cut through a large portion of of the flesh in my finger like the fingerprint area yeah and uh <laughs> painful very very painful
1: uh, the, uh, i for, I almost forgot about that i do remember that <laughs> now that you mention it
0: yeah well i can't remember if i like dropped the gun or if i just kind of went ow <laughs> threw the gun to the side or something but jamie was like hey <laughs> you got to be careful with that thing don't throw the gun somewhere i'm like oh. i just
1: shot myself <laughs> I I do remember yeah, I I remember that I'm. But man, oh, I, I love the that. the memories they're coming back. I'm not that old. I the, I do remember like I used to be like the guy with the Brad nailer. Like they were just like it's like you're gonna do your nails. I'm like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is me menial labor I enjoy. I just got really good at stuff like that and like was that. Your, I do have a question relating to tech-related injuries. What was your worst injury you ever had in tech? Oof.
0: Uh, I'd say that was maybe third or second. But one of my (laughs) – sorry, something just came into mind of – I think it was – it was Dylan, that's who it was, who stepped on a nail and it went through his shoe into his foot and he like had to go to the hospital for tetanus.
1: I that happened to me, but I didn't Oh,
0: maybe it was you then.
1: No, it wasn't it did that did happen to him, but it also happened to me a different time. But it didn't like pierce my foot, but it went through my shoe. And I, I got really scared and like I called my parents like, Am I up to date on my tetanus shot? I just stepped on a rusty nail. <laughs> <laughs> but I do remember him stepping on I think it was a screw he stepped on. I don't know, but like... Whatever
0: it was, it like went through his
1: foot. Yeah, I remember that. That was bad.
0: So for me, I think the worst thing that happened, I I think there was one point where I was working on something. I don't remember what it was. It was late at night, and it was a show a little bit earlier on because I stopped doing tech after a while. So it was probably eighth grade or freshman year or something like that. And... I just was I don't know if I was hammering or something happened. I, I was doing tech thing as I was creating and I start walking away and someone walks over to me and is like Uh hey Noah you're bleeding And I go Oh Well my hands look fine and they're like look at your leg and I look down at my leg and and it's just covered in blood because I, <laughs> oh, no. I, I didn't feel anything but what happened was while I was, I was on top of a ladder working on something and when I came down I just put a gash because there was like a nail or a piece of wood oh, sticking man. out and it just cut all the way up my leg and it wasn't very deep but it was deep enough to get blood and it was just running down my leg and I was like huh I didn't even feel that strange <laughs> I'd say that was probably the worst injury. Was just an accidental. Yeah. All my
1: injuries are accidental. I mean, I, I mean, that's that pretty much goes with any injury in tech. <laughs> you never get, you never go in there thinking I'm gonna get hurt today. <laughs> yes, I want to nail my finger. I think the worst injury I ever got was. So there was a craft bazaar, and we had to build cornhole boards. Oh, I remember was, that. And at first, we we're like, "Yeah, we can do that." And then we had to do it, and that was a nightmare because apparently cornhole boards are pretty complex to make, and there's a lot. They're, they're pretty involved. I did See, not that surprises know that.
0: me because I would just think it's you know you would have. I thought a this rectangle was, yeah. of kind of two by fours or something, and then you'd put some plaster over top of it, like some of the uh, thinner wood, and then you just put out two blocks or something for it to stand on.
1: No, it was like a lot. Like even like the the plywood on top like it mattered like plywood, that's I, what i meant to say it, like you had to, the grain had to go vertically with the board because the bean bags needed to slide up and i remember i cut one the opposite way and they're like and i remember it was like a big thing they're like it's like you it's not supposed to be like that and i was like what, what does it matter it's cornhole boards who cares <laughs> and they're like no they're supposed to be like this and i was like oh i was like are you serious come on i just cut out this piece of plywood that's like Three, two <laughs> half inch three quarter inch plywood but then we had we were also building mini cornhole boards I think it was like little like quarter inch plywood like they're like no bigger than like a shoe box probably I don't know like a large shoe box and I was cutting some on the table saw and our table saw was really janky because we had to take off the guard because it was messed up and just not
0: I remember that
1: <laughs> and uh, I'm cutting this and I remember they said, you're not supposed to take your hands away from the thing because it'll shoot out and it'll really mess you up.
0: Yep, that was the one warning I always received.
1: And uh, I pushed it away and it wasn't moving. And I was like, I took my hands away and then it shot back at me really fast. <laughs> and then it, it gashed my hand, scratched up my arm, hit me right in the middle of my like, you know, my midsection and it just knocked the wind out of me. <laughs> And mind you, I'd never had the wind knocked out of me before this point. So I thought I was going to die. <laughs> I just couldn't I've breathe. And I was impaled, like, and they're, like... And they're like, are you okay? And I'm just like, I'm like... <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> like. Sitting there on the ground gasping for breath. No,
1: I was like standing around. I was like. Ah, <laughs> and then like I was done and like my hand was bleeding. And they're like, you're not doing anything for the rest of the day. And I was like, fair enough.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you were like. You were
1: like. Like, I eventually got my breath back, and they're like, you're not doing anything. You're done, okay? You got to sit down. You're, you're finished. And I'm like, okay, that's fine.
0: So they asked a million times for the actors to come help with making those boards just to do a little bit of cutting wood or, like, something very, very simple that an actor would be able to do, and I never did that. I was never interested, and also, you know, I was slowly starting to phase my way out of theater you at that were- point
1: you made a right good choice (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad I didn't make
0: cornhole boards
1: I hated that so much like it was literally like out of all the things I did in theater that was probably one of the things that I just like absolutely just remember just utterly despising despising it it. the only thing I think was worthwhile was there was one point where I got to get I got to use a band saw because I always wanted to use one because I saw one I was like I want to use that and I had to wasn't worth anything because I had to cut out the legs I had to like round out like the edge with the bandsaw and I broke the band because <sighs> I didn't I wasn't using it properly <laughs> but
0: give high schoolers a bunch of
1: there was a lot of dangerous tools I was that gonna I used, say
0: give them a bunch of carpentry
1: but it was so much fun I loved it I loved doing all the carpentry stuff and like just doing it's trim good skills to have I liked it a lot and I I think, um, oh, I think one of the ones that I was like pretty good at, like they would always have me do it. Not always, but like they would ask me to do it because, like, I guess I was good at it. I didn't think I was, but they always had me do the jigsaw, but I was terrified of the jigsaw. I was terrified of the jigsaw. Because not only is there a blade like under, it's just constantly under this like board. So you gotta be conscious of what's under there. And I remember also specifically the first time I used it, it was like, keep the cord behind you. Cause if, it, if, if you cut that cord with the jigsaw, you're gonna die. <laughs> and I was like, all right. So like, sometimes I like the cuts I would do like weren't that good. Because I was constantly just like the cord is behind me. The cord must <laughs> stay. I'm gonna die. The cord must stay behind me. I'd like wrap it around like my leg or my waist just to keep it just like completely away from the blade. <laughs> and also the the circular saw scared me too. Yeah. I was terrified of the circular saw and also the table saw after it shot me. There was like a a good. There was you were a,
0: terrified of everything.
1: I mean, I would have to anything use it. that could cut. I like I liked the miter saw, but there was even one time where I cut a two by four with a screw in it, and it sparked, and, oh, and like yeah. I was afraid to use the, the the miter saw for about a couple of days, and then I was like, okay, I'm gonna go back to using the miter saw again. <laughs> but yeah, there were a lot of tools I had very weird relationships with, but you know, I I got out in one piece. I mean, all I got from Getting shot with the table, so I was a little scar on the back of my hand. And sometimes I look down at it and I'm like, I survived that. <laughs> <laughs> I did not get impaled. I just lost my breath. Yeah, my, my left hand took a lot of abuse. There's even like a couple scars from where like I was screwing a screw and the driver like slipped off the oh, screw and, and got yeah, in my hand. stabbed it. I got a couple of those, um, but you know, <laughs> they're war wounds. You know, I get like it's like a badge of honor. It's like, look at these scars. You know, you want to know I wanna how see I see my scars. You want to know how I got these scars? <laughs> well, it wasn't fighting Batman. It was something a it little wasn't, bit worse. It wasn't
0: my father. <laughs> <laughs> it was me. <laughs>
1: Contrary to popular belief, it was it was my own doing.
0: <laughs> I am my own worst enemy.
1: This is true. I can, yeah. That's never. <laughs> I. 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 I very much agree with that sometimes i'm my own worst enemy (laughs) i will
0: be my own downfall
1: (laughs) i mean i'd I'd rather have it be me than somebody else you know (laughs) i'd rather have it just be my fault because then i can't be mad at anybody it's just like it's it's like i did this this is me (laughs) it's like i i i'm the reason why i got these scars on my hand but you know it's all a part of life, you know. Sometimes you just gotta get scars. I yeah, never really exactly. wanted. you learn from your mistakes. I never really wanted to be a hand model anyway. My <laughs> hands are kind of not the best looking, but you know, they're my hands. They're nobody <laughs> else's.
0: That's right. They're they're attached to me. We're not taking them off.
1: No, I. I'm tr- not trying to at least. <laughs> I could try to, but that w- that wouldn't be a good idea. <laughs> but theater was very. It's kind of weird to like think about that because i don't really think about it a lot because it just happened a long time ago yeah
0: well and it's different for me because i live with the guy that i went through all of theater with and we went through all of high school together and we always focus on the actor things i forget about some of the stuff i had done in tech it was always it's always nice but
1: sometimes uh, like yeah i get <coughs> i talk to people that were like actors and they're like and i hear all these things like i've about that (laughs) yeah that existed it's like oh yeah Hmm. i remember in this show when this happened i was like i forgot what that show was about (laughs) (laughs) like i remember i was like i think i was an asm for into the woods i don't know i did something on into the woods into the woods (laughs) but (laughs) i remember the whole time i was just like I never figured out what the show was about. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I really tried to pay attention. I was like, I remember I asked like, I think it. No, I wasn't the ASM, but I was like with her. Like I was good friends with her. I was like, what is going on in this show? And she's like, this and this and this. And I was like i remember like i i looked at her like it went to, like toward the end of the show Why? and i was like you know what it's been four nights and all these times we've like rehearsed it and i still don't know what this show is about <laughs>
0: and that was me when i did costumes for game of tiaras which was
1: oh that was my first asm show and also my last show <laughs> that was so a. it took me that long to be asm but i finally well no the first time i was asm was for like a couple days for a generation show. Oh yeah. But I had just gotten surgery, so then they were like no. I, re- I specifically <laughs> remember Dylan coming up to me and it's like you cannot be ASM because you are under the influence of a surgery. And I was like
0: <laughs> well, I can't help that. I was
1: like <laughs> okay. <laughs>
0: that happened to me too. I was it was actually a Music Man. I had spent so long building the set. I was ready. I was going to be something important. I was going to be something. And then I had, I've got really bad ears and I had an ear surgery in Nero and I was under the influence of, you surgery. know, I was gonna say of surgery, whatever it was they were giving me and I wasn't allowed to operate or do anything, I was gonna do spotlights, that's what it was, and I wasn't allowed to operate or do anything, so they, uh, they made me the curtain pager so whenever people <laughs> <laughs> whenever people left the stage I'd be standing there and I'd hold the curtain back for them to be able to walk off and I'm like ah this is humiliating I would rather just sit at I home think one
1: of the most humiliating <laughs> things that happened to me in music man was I was like fresh out of eighth grade and I looked like a little baby man little little boy <laughs> and uh the guy who I think was the mayor I don't know he was like one of the older people in the cast and I was in his way and he was like he had to get on stage for his scene and i'm not joking when i say he literally picked me up (laughs) and moved me and i think like jamie was there with me or somebody was and like we looked at each other like did that really just happen (laughs) well and as the person being picked picked me up up like i was a (laughs) five-year-old and moved me and i was like
0: dropped you off the edge (laughs) like
1: i was like I was like, "What?" <laughs> and then, like, there had to be a whole meeting. Like, they went to the directors, and like after the show, like they're like, "Okay, these are the tech people, and you have to listen to them. You know. like, you don't know, don't pick them up, please. Like this, don't <laughs> disrespect them." And then, like, they're like, "This is Nathan. Don't." <laughs> and, like, he is small, but he's here,
0: and is tech. Do not pick him up.
1: I, yeah, they they really exploited my smallness in many ways. I was very <laughs> useful to people in tech because I remember, like I think, you know, like in the I was the one in the grotto. I was the one who had uh, to hide yes. behind the Shrek wall to help Farquad <laughs> open his doors. And the Shrek wall, oh. the uh, the cast Farquad's castle. Yeah, or I had to be the one to open. It. I was his doorman. I remember that very well. I had a little little crevice hole, and uh, I don't even know what else. I, I was just <laughs> like, I remember we had to build a giant parade float for Susicles a giant Dr. Seuss hat, like a big cat in a hat-like hat, and that was a nightmare. It took way longer than it should have, and what we, like, we made this giant hat we built a frame and we wrapped it up in chicken wire and we did like the flower thing, except we had like tissue paper and we like stuffed it in and like flared it out to look like flowers Yeah. and that took forever because we had (laughs) to do little hole by little hole and I remember I had to like, it was up against this table because this thing was way too big to move. So I had to like squeeze under this table between like lockers and the hat and I was like, like putting them dudes like Nate, it's like Nathan, you gotta go under here because you're the only one that can fit in here. And I was like, okay. why? was <laughs> like okay, fine. Uh,
0: if this giant hat die or dies falls on me and I die, please I, do not say I died I to Dr. because
1: it was like the table <laughs> like like went out further and then like there was a little space underneath the table and then there was like lockers or something. Uh, so it was pretty much just like a two foot space that I had to squeeze myself into like and it was just it was very interesting. I did a, I did a lot of I remember doing a lot of tight squeezes. <laughs> I was the I was the guy for that.
0: The squeeze guy. Like they just yeah.
1: they always had me just doing little tiny things <laughs> because I was a little tiny guy. That was a lot of fun.
0: So it's been about an hour and 20 minutes now. Wow. Uh, our retrospection radio hour has gone by very fast hopefully it's been entertaining because it was very entertaining uh anyways i have been noah
1: and i have been nate
0: (laughs) you're listening to retrospection radio hour uh every monday at three o'clock now and also we do audio drama horrors which comes out on the last day of every month we're currently in the post season you know in the in-between season the off season uh as season four is currently being made and is going to be coming out soon. But anyways, you're listening to 97.5 WOBN the Wild Card, right here at Otterbine, and we'll see you on
1: the flip side.